Welcome to Mental Notes from my minivan, episode four. I'm Kirsty, and so happy to be doing this and to be joining you again. Um, I have to tell you guys that this has been such a wonderful experience for me so far. Um, thank you so much for listening and for reaching out and helping me to have a sense of community. It's a good one. Um, the people that I've been interviewing um, for podcasts in the future are rocking my world. Um, I hope you did not miss my conversation with Maddie Ross. She's an absolute gem. And genuinely, I have changed the way I live since talking to her. And for the better, it's really made a powerful difference in my life. She's a great, great human being, and you won't want to miss that. Um, and I'm just so excited for what's coming ahead. Um, and then also to talk to people who have reached out, who've listened. I talked about this last time. I don't think I will ever stop gushing um, about how meaningful it is to talk to people um, who've been so gracious enough to reach out and say, um, I liked your podcast for this reason, or it's helping me for that reason, or just encourage me. Um, that means so much. There is a meme that has been going around for a while, or I've seen it for a while, that makes me smile, um, but also makes me a little bit sad. And I'll tell you about it if you have not seen it, which I'm sure you have. Something along the lines of, there is no more supportive or empowering um, kind or whatever group of human beings than drunk girls in a club bathroom. And I haven't had a great deal of experience with drunk girls in club bathrooms, but enough to know um, that drunk people in general or people with their inhibitions lowered in general can be tremendously kind and generous with encouragement, support, complimentary, um, and they just tend to be really genuine at the time, you know, that they really just want the best for whomever is right there with them. You know, they've got your back. They want your world to be good. They want your future to be bright. And why aren't we that way all the time with everyone we go come into contact with? Like, why do we treat encouragement as such a scarce commodity that we have to be so careful with and um, so gingerly dispense it? Why? <laughs> um, I know that's not true of everyone, but I think as a culture, we tend to be really skeptical about people being very generous with encouragement. And it's strange and it's sad because it's such a sustainable resource <laughs> you know you're not going to run out of um, kind words to say just because you said some to one person at this time um, and it's not just that it's sustainable it's that it's so so powerful it's such a force for change for good change I mean if you think of a, a, a plant that's been neglected or it's just wilting in the sun it's really had a rough go um and you're looking at the plant and you're like whoa I don't know if this one's gonna make it but let's give it a shot and you give it some water you maybe adjust the sunlight for it and some 
even possibly TLC of the plant food variety. And then, lo and behold, you know, this thing that looked so dreck and so um, on its way out can truly surprise you in such a short amount of time when it just comes straight back bright and vibrant and just alive as ever and just beautiful and um you know either beautifying its surroundings or providing food for people i i can't think of any more apt analogy for how a few kind words or encouragement um or just seeing the light in people and pointing it out um or just acknowledging the humanity of a person um sorry just saying that got me a little bit choked up because it uh, popped into my mind a story that I'm just going to tell right now um of a time that my sister was dealing with um somebody and at a checkout somewhere and she looked really sad and really downtrodden just discouraged and beaten down and nobody was even looking her in the eye and you know she there was not a lot of humanity being traded back and forth and my sister um, took the time to compliment her on the color of her nails and she was so taken aback by how this was transformative for this woman's demeanor and her whole face just lit up and her whole you know just her posture changed and everything was enlivened and brightened by that and I get choked up because it makes me sad to think that oh gosh I can't believe what a sap I'm turning into (laughs) I think it's good though I think it's good that my soul is being softened to the point that I'm crying a lot lately but um, it just makes me sad to think that we can do so much for people who are suffering with such small efforts we can make such a big difference and and so often we just don't and I don't know why so anyway um I want to tell you that you who have reached out to me or even if you haven't even if you just listened (laughs) um I can't really see how many people are listening other than on the anchor app um and I know there's other ways to um, listen and I think most of you are listening through iTunes or other methods right now but even to, just to know that you know there's a handful even if it was one person listening um, and getting hopefully something from what I'm saying is encouraging and it's um, it's been very vitalizing for me and make and, and given me a great sense of purpose in this which is important for me right now um, because this has been a tough time. This is a tough time historically. Um, this month of May is difficult. It is um, abundant in its triggers, um, which have um, been rooted um, for many, many, many moons now. And I have to tell you that I actually started recording this podcast on May 1st. I recorded a good chunk of it. Um, and I vacillated a lot as to whether to just go with that or to re-record. Um, and I'll tell you why I'm re-recording today because on that day I was really triggered. I was experiencing, um, some of the profound pain that I've experienced, um, 
at this time of year in the past and it was coming back and I wasn't properly acknowledging it. I was kind of just powering through. And um, there's something to be said for that. But what happened um, during that recording was that you could really tell or I could really tell. Um, my voice was very constricted and, and there was a lot of pain and emotion evident in it and I wasn't sharing anything you know any gory details of any trauma or anything like that um, but as a rule I think I don't want to come to you when I'm deep in the midst of it because the purpose the prime purpose I think of this podcast is to offer hope and is to offer the fact that while I have been through things and I continue to go through things as we all do, um, life is definitely getting better for me and um, it will get better for you too. Um, that's the hope that I want to convey and I think there's every reason to believe that that hope is completely um, worth having. The reason for the vacillation then, because that makes a lot of sense, you don't want to trigger somebody who's maybe feeling better, um, and you don't want to bring anybody down who never was feeling bad. Um, all that stuff makes a lot of sense. The reason for the vacillation then was because I do want you to understand that I get it. Um, that while my circumstances may seem very uh, fortunate, and that is neither here nor there in this moment, because when you're experiencing trauma and uh, the pain of PTSD, you're not in this moment. You are not what the circumstances of your present time are. You are feeling everything that f you felt when bad things happened and when perhaps you weren't in a beautiful place in your life surrounded by incredibly supportive, wonderful people. Um, you're experiencing the pain of the trauma that's making you have PTSD or if you're lost in depression, it can often be even more painful because you feel guilty that you're depressed when everything is seemingly good. And for anybody listening to this, we can all say our lives are significantly better than so many other human beings in the planet because we understand that there's suffering everywhere of a very profound and fundamental nature, starving, war-torn areas and all that sort of thing. Um, so anybody can tell themselves, well, you know, I have it better off than other people. That doesn't matter. You know, it, it should, and we wish it would. Um, turn everything around to go, well, I've got it so lucky, but nope, it doesn't. It just doesn't. And um, I think it's easy to see somebody who, um, you know, clearly does have a lot of good things in their life and go, you can't possibly know my pain. You don't know my pain. And so I'm not going to listen to you <laughs> when you tell me that it gets better because you don't know because there you are and you have more people supporting you than I do. And that may or may not be true, but I do understand the pain. I do understand exquisite, excruciating pain. Um, and I understand that it ends as well and that it can heal and that there are ways and there are strategies around that. So 
if you are somebody who thinks that nobody understands what it feels like to be in so much pain that you can't fathom another moment of it and you can't fathom never mind a moment but a whole lifetime of it still to come um, or you just can't imagine living again what you're experiencing now even if there is going to be a break knowing that it might come along again that you will feel this bad or that it almost certainly will um, if you are somebody who thinks that nobody understands what it feels like to strategically investigate ways to exit the planet um, because you don't think that you're in any way worthy of being here and that you're of no possible goodness to anyone, that you are just a literal waste of air. Um, and so you don't think that um, leaving will, you know, you and yourself, any possible merit um, that you yourself might have um, is non-existent. So, you, so you're not concerned about leaving a, a gaping hole of any kind, but you are concerned about causing drama and stress and um, a, a horrible legacy or a terrible mess or shame upon those that you love that you may leave behind if you don't think that I can understand that on a soul level you're very wrong um, and and that is why I vacillated because I know that so many people feel that way and I know that when I felt that way I don't I didn't think a lot of people understood and that isolation in feeling like you're all alone in those feelings only makes things worse Take pain and add isolation to it and add not feeling understood to it and you've got pain uh, squared. <laughs> so that is why I vacillated because I think it is so important that you do know that I get it um, and that so many more people than you understand get it. And I'm not telling you that any of that for for sympathy or for you to feel bad for me by any means not at all I just want you to know that when I talk about the hope that comes even after being in such a dark 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 desperate low no more options place um, more than once oh so many more than one time um, I just want you to know that you know I, I, I know of which I speak and I also I'm genuine when I tell you that it can get better. So that's what this podcast is going to be about. Um, the strategies for getting better and also understanding the cyclical nature um, of many types of depression and particularly of PTSD. Um, I probably have gone through more than 20 years of significant pain at just this time of year without realizing that there was any pattern to it. And that might sound crazy. Um, and it would probably be crazier if I didn't also have struggles at other times of the year, which I certainly do. Um, but this month is a, whew, it's a doozy and it's historically been the most dangerous month for me. Um, and interestingly enough, it is a time of year when the most suicides happen. Um, 
and it is also Mental Health Awareness Month um, in the United States. It's actually been recognized uh, as Mental Health Awareness Month. May has been since 1949. So if I thought I was in any way alone in the fact that May was hard for me or that spring is difficult, um, that might be different. But I think that this is an important podcast um, or this is an important message whether or not it's on my podcast or not to share at this time of year because I personally know a lot of people who are suffering very badly and I am sure you do too um so the thing about um okay so people might say um you know I'm leery about sort of identifying a whole month as saying this is going to be a bad one or this is a doozy because whether you can or you can't whether you say you can or you you believe you can or you can't you're right and all those things that are true regarding attitude um you know make it a good day make it a good day um that's all within your power and your control i agree to those things so much to some extent and when they are regarding attitude a hundred percent I am wholly on board with that stuff that we can change our attitude to just about anything including things that we have had a really hard time with for a very very long time such as um and you're just going to have to go with me on this tangent I'm going to get back to what I was saying I promise but last night I was at my son's last orchestra concert and I am a fanatic about my kids in the orchestra. I love it more than life. I love watching my kids in their orchestra because it's phenomenal. What they take kids who could not sing, uh, could not play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star very well. We know because we were subjected to it. And then these kids are playing magnificent concertos and just amazing is are concertos only for piano okay they're just playing magnificent pieces of music and it's or inspiring it means so much to me to see how good teachers and passion and persistence and practice can result in absolutely mind-blowing beauty so I am very emotional about the fact that my kids play in the orchestra and I want to be able to listen to them And so when I sit next to people who aren't quite as invested and they're talking and laughing, especially if it's during the last orchestra concert of my child's life, (laughs) I lose it, man. Historically, I have felt very unhappy about that. (laughs) And I get so agitated and stressed out and sad when that happens. But yesterday it was happening to me. And I was like, do you have control over the situation? And I realized I did not. Not to the extent that um, I was willing to, you know, make a change. I, I felt like there was nothing to be said. There was nothing to be done. And instead of getting really upset yesterday, I changed my attitude to think, you know what, I remember when I was that age, when I was a teenage girl, and I was in a place where I should not have been laughing hysterically. And I just couldn't stop. 
And people were so irritated with me, like so irritated. And now I feel really bad for what I did, but I also remember how fun it was to just not be able to stop laughing and how it was on one hand so horrible and so like get a grip, you know, just waiting for the next guffaw to just kind of explode out of you at a funeral or during church or something awful. Um, It was so thrilling and wonderful and so terrible at the same time and I suddenly just got this huge smile on my face instead of being so agitated I was like oh my gosh those were good times and I looked at these girls and I could see they were there and I'm like I'm just gonna enjoy this with them I'm gonna enjoy this moment that they can't stop laughing look the orchestra is still louder than them I'm not entirely able to focus but I did this to some mom once, I'm sure of it, and I am just going to revel in how awesome that was. And it just lifted so much pressure off of me and just made me feel happy, and I could enjoy that concert. So yes, I understand how an an attitude adjustment can be a wonderful, wonderful life-changing thing, but I also understand that attitudes and PTSD triggers are not the same thing, and they do not um, equate, right? So understanding that May is going to be a rough month for me because there are a, oh, this is when I really want to just swear and I don't want to alienate people or like make people feel like they can't listen because I'll swear. But imagine me saying the swear words of a ton of, of, of triggers, right? Um, There's just so many of them, and some of them make sense that they would be clustered, and others are just bonuses, (laughs) like, whoa, yay, and here's where my my, good attitude is going to come into play, yay, I'm so glad that some of the worst things in my life um, that are unrelated to the other worst things in my life are all clustered in this time, because yay, then we just get it all out of the way, right, why drag it out? So that's a good thing, but it also makes May very intense. And another thing that makes May very intense is that it's also a really good month full of awesome events such as birthdays and anniversaries and graduations and um, happy celebrations and the weather's starting to get good and we can go outside again and it's pretty um, and all these things, right? Um, It makes May intense because a lot is asked of a mom um, and a community member, uh, during May, um, and I need to be on, and I need a lot of energy, and, um, I don't get a lot of time, um, to kind of deal with triggers in a way that I might typically during slower seasons, um, and maybe self-care starts to sort of fall by the wayside because it's just so busy, so it's kind of the perfect storm, really because instead of being able to uh just focus on getting through this and and taking the steps um using the strategies that i i've learned and i'm still learning every day um i also sort of don't get the luxury as much i've i've got to power through and some people might say well that's your saving grace and i disagree (laughs) i disagree having done it um it's not. It's not a saving grace to have a lot of pressure during a time that you are triggered. It's not. For me, it's, it hasn't, that has not been true. Um, 
because knowing that I have to get out of bed doesn't make it that I can if I can't. It just makes me feel that much more worthless. Um, so yeah, you know, it can be a perfect storm to have a lot of expectations um, or that it should be a good time. And this happens to people around the holidays who have had har- horrible triggering events around the holidays when they're also expected to be all things for all people and, and be happy and sunny. It's a ton of pressure and it, it can only amplify um, the problem. So yeah, May's a rough one. And that's why I've been extra, extra, extra grateful to people who have, without even knowing that about May for me, have come and identified um, the light that they see in me or have said very kind things about the podcast or have just told me that it's making a difference. Because every kind word that I can get during this time um, is extra appreciated and felt. Um, That's not a solicitation right now. I'm just saying it has been very helpful for the last week, which was tough. Um, um, So why do I think that it's important and that it's been very helpful for me to finally identify, particularly after the last couple of years? Okay, maze your danger zone. Um, Precisely for that reason. We always want to know where the danger is, right? We always want to be prepared for danger. Um, that is how we can take safety precautions. Makes perfect sense if you look at it that way, doesn't it? So um, this is where therapy is helpful. And I'm going to always give number one plug for therapy, 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 therapy. If you have had bad experiences with therapy in the past, holy cow, so have I. Do not give up on therapy. Keep going. Find the right person for you. Um, Perhaps give the person that doesn't seem quite the right person for you a little more time. Be more diligent. Keep going. Keep those appointments. Hang in there. This is the work, right? This is the work. Um, All good things come from hard work. Not all, but I'd say a hugely disproportionate amount of them do. Um, So if your therapist is bad, truly bad, um, you're going to know that immediately and don't, you know, persist with that experiment. If you're not entirely sure about your therapist, I'd say give them some time. If you think your therapist is just fine and dandy, but not for you, um, because therapy is just never going to work on you and it's a waste of time and nothing happened the last three times I went, I, in fact, only feel worse. Um, keep going. <laughs> That's my advice to you. Keep going. With my own therapist, I've had a lot of different experiences. I actually went to my therapist several years ago um, when I was not ready to delve into the um, the root of my PTSD, when I was not ready to even acknowledge it for myself. And I was just dealing with the day-to-day horrors of having undiagnosed um, PTSD, which I just thought was depression and stress and anxiety and whatever. Um, And she just, you know, she approached it from that level. And I'm sure, because I know her now, that she knew there was much deeper stuff going on, but she didn't press me because she could tell I wasn't ready. And she met me at the level I was at. And we did at that time completely different, but very valuable uh, therapy than we do now. It was a whole different school of therapy, in fact, that she was using. And it had its place. Um... But it was only when I was ready and when I was 
also ready to be diligent about it, that she could give me what I really needed for the root cause of the problem. So I could talk for an entire podcast over why you need to go to therapy and keep going to therapy and that there's literally nothing more important than taking care of that because I um, know that it's expensive and it's a difficult resource to come by and that it's often really hard to get into and to keep going to. Um, I would say just pretty much sell everything you have if you have to because there's no point in having any of the other things that you have um, if you can't live your life in the present. If you are living your life from such a place of pain and suffering um, as whenever the trauma happened, when you're regularly revisiting that, life is not fun. And there is just really nothing else more important to invest in than getting out of that place. And I have many, many times had to walk myself back from the attitude of this is self-indulgent. I, I am broke as a joke. I have family members who need things. I am a mother who needs to uh, be more self-sacrificing and, you know, put this expense to things that will benefit the children. Um, lies, all lies, nonsense, rubbish, junk, whatever. If you have to beg, borrow, steal, uh, okay, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, suggest stealing has its whole set of problems let's not go there um sell all the stuff <laughs> sell the things if you need to get therapy if you need to beg if you need to um barter um do it you know and 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 do not listen to the lies that your you your self-sabotaging self will tell you um, or people around you who just don't get it will tell you about how it's just a luxury you cannot afford. It is not a luxury. There's nothing about it that's a luxury. Um, it is a survival thing. It's as important as food and air, frankly, because when you get to where I was without therapy, there's not much, there's no guarantees that you're going to be around much longer. So, you know, blunt words, but honestly, um, we've got to really reframe all of us, how we look at, at, at therapy and mental health resources. Um, gosh, there's a lot of wind in Bowling Green right now. Um, you probably can hear it gusting if, um, it sounds really close and stressful. It's not, so don't worry about it. Um, okay. So first plug was for therapy. I'm going to um, just kind of make a new segment here uh, and talk about my next strategies. Okay, so we've talked about how knowledge is power when it comes to PTSD um, and how therapy can help us to understand um, when our danger times are. Um, therapists are really good at looking at the big picture and, and where we might be lost in, um, they, they can see the, the forest for, you know, for the trees when we can't. Um, and my therapist has often sort of alerted me to, yeah, well, you know, you went through this exact thing last time this year, or this actually happened, things that I thought I would never forget, or things that you would imagine that anybody who was remotely self-aware 
would be able to figure out for themselves. Um, so yeah, additional th plug for therapy there. But once you have figured out the times cyclically, seasonally, um, if it's centered around a birthday, a loss, a, you know, the anniversary of a loss or the anniversary of a loved one that, um, has passed on, or if it is just regarding PTSD, um, you know, the anniversary of, of the things that traumatized you happening. Uh, once you've figured out those dates and you are aware, you can prepare yourself in many good ways, and then you can take care of yourself in extra special ways during that time. Um, and so understand, even, even just understanding, even just acknowledging, okay, well, oh, I'm feeling like this not because, um, I am a loser, but because this is a very difficult time for me. That's just a powerful realization. And that sort of self-talk is, is highly validating and healing. Um, and also completely realistic, you know, um, recognize, okay, tough time. How am I going to help myself during this tough time? Just as a good friend would do um, for another good friend, knowing that an a painful anniversary is coming up of any kind. They will check in more frequently. Um, they'll offer support. They will go easier on that person um, if they're acting a tad unreasonable or irritable or distant or whatever. Um, become your own best friend. Number one priority in life should be becoming your own best friend, becoming your number one go-to person, becoming your biggest fan. Um, work at that. Um, that takes some time though. But one of the ways that, of being a good friend is knowing when times are tough for your friends and, and, and being there in ways that they need you to be. And so this is one step in becoming your own best friend is just being like, okay, cool. How are we going to make this time easier for ourselves? So, um, I've talked about, you know, circle the wagons, circle the wagons, tell people, tell trusted people, the right people. You do not have to go onto Facebook. And I'm not going to say you shouldn't because I do this not f so that people can help me, but more so in an effort to sort of get the word out that people are not alone, um, which is my personal mission. But um, tell people that you know you can have the expectation not the expectation, but you know will be helpful to you. Um, make sure that those people are your inner circle during times like this. Um, that you know um, will listen or have the right words, or even if one particular person in the circle doesn't necessarily have the right words, they're pretty good at distracting you and they're 100% fun or funny or what have you, you know, um, maybe you, you can ask them if they'd step up their game in that department because, you know, they're useful to you in that way um, during a crisis situation. You know, not everybody has to be a brilliant therapist for you at this time, um, but people can can be there for you in their, in their own way. And so have trusted friends in on the secret because it shouldn't be a secret in the first place. Um, and then protect yourself from more toxic influences. You know, we should be doing that anyway. 
but really be mindful of the time that you spend with people who are a drain on you because your resources are low and your um, defenses are low right now. So if somebody kind of tends to rub you the wrong way, but you can roll with it at other times of year um, and you can possibly avoid them or avoid extended experiences with them, you know, try to do that and try to get support in doing that. Um, you know, having your nemesis or a really difficult in-law come and stay with you for the, the entire month that's incredibly rough on you is, is definitely not a good idea. And, you know, you can explain kindly to somebody who might be able to be a buffer for you um, as to why that that might be a necess- it might be necessary to postpone that kind of visit. So ask for support. Ask for support in general in life. It's not a bad thing. It's not being needy. Um, it's being proactive. It's being strong and it's being um, helpful to others when you say, hi, I need support. And here are some suggestions. Because that way they're helping you to be your best. They're being effective. They're not spinning their wheels helping you ineffectively. Um, Or they're not getting the brunt of you not being at your best without even understanding why. It's just really helpful to be transparent um, in the fact that we are struggling and also to have specific ways in which people can support us um, is so helpful to everybody. It's truly a kindness. Um, Okay, so do that. Be careful though, like I said, be really careful about who you do turn to for support and because not getting it from somebody that you thought you would and they're just not ready or for some reason maybe your triggers trigger them, um, whoa, that can be extra devastating. So, so be careful, you know, just be sort of really mindful that you're, that you're asking for support from the people who are in a place to be able to give it to you. Um, Sometimes that takes some trial and error. Self-care is this sort of buzzword that people get irritated by. Some people really embrace. Some people get irritated by. Um, So call it whatever you want to call it. Like um, being nice to yourself. Being a good friend. Being responsible. How about this? Let's be responsible for ourselves. Let's... um, yeah, let's be grown-ups and treat ourselves well, the same way, with as much care, as we would treat a newborn baby of our own, or a much-beloved pet, or, you know, I've talked about being your own best friend, be kind, use the kind voice, and use and treat yourself to the, the types of things that you would treat a beloved pet, and that means getting regular exercise, um, giving good nutrition, so you know, when we're feeling bad, we want our uh, comfort foods, right? And comfort foods for most people, since we've all been super janked up over the years by just really a bad culture of bad nutrition and the food industry has really capitalized on making certain foods addictive, especially during emotional times. And those foods are also highly toxic to both our, our bodies you know, well-being and also to mental health, um, fruits that are really high in sugar, um, all those kinds of stuff we turn to, you know, food sort of substances rather than real food. So we want, we want 
we want a lot of chocolate and we want a lot of cookies and we want those donuts and we want pizza and we want um, chips. <laughs> we want all those things when we're feeling sad and it's just like, bring it on. And also, we're not in the mood necessarily to make ourselves good food. So there's takeout and stuff. And all of this stuff may seem like a super great idea at the time, but it's not. It's not. I hate, I hate to say it because I wish it were because it feels really nice going into my mouth. And <laughs> it feels nice when I chew it and I taste it. I like it a lot. And I wish it were so that it could also make me feel good long term, but it's not going to. It honestly makes things worse. And there's hard science behind that. So really, uh, really be careful about what you're putting into your body nutritionally. And that's, that's a big ask. I know when you're just like, seriously, I feel like crap. I'm not going to now go and like go to a farmer's market and source a beautiful, you know, you know, bunch of vegetables that are freshly picked and then prepare them into some highly nutritious meal. Um, fair enough. Totally get it. Actually, I'm, that can be a very healing thing to do. And you're, you're, you're talking to the ultimate, like, fast food girl who just really likes things to be quick and easy but I have been mending my ways lately and I have to say I am a huge believer in how much better I feel and how much more able I am to cope um, when triggers come along or the that sort of escalation in adrenaline and norepinephrine and stuff that the, the ups and the downs are very much affected by how much caffeine and how much sugar um how much junk food and how much actual real food that that nourishes my nervous system is in is, is going on on any given day I can tell same with caffeine um, a lot of us are we love our caffeine and we love our coffee um, and and you know I went enough years in my life without the miracle of coffee um, that I'm never going to tell you to like give it up because I believe in it wholeheartedly. I have a testimony of coffee, but um, really be mindful that during these times you've you're better served by less caffeine because it really does play to those um, those feelings of anxiety if there's too much going on, and especially when you're primed for anxiety or you're primed for for um, a triggered response when you're feeling that trauma. Um, imagine if you just had a really terrible shock or a bad thing had happened to you. The, nobody's going to say, hi, well, how about you have a, you know, an energy drink on top of that? Let's sit down for a nice you know, espresso after you just had that horrible shock. So you know, treat, your, treat your body with intelligence. And putting a bunch of junk into it is a bad idea. And also overloading it with caffeine is a terrible idea. Especially if you're also having insomnia um, which is a, a real, often a real byproduct of, of PTSD. We struggle to get good quality sleep. Uh, maybe you're sleeping too much, but it's bad quality sleep. Um, maybe you're sleeping not at all. And then in that case, caffeine is doing you no favors. So really be mindful of the caffeine. You don't have to completely cut it out, but um, I'm really mindful about the source of caffeine. I'm at, Right now, I'm trying to avoid um, coffee and I'm drinking green tea because I just find that I don't sort of have the same kinds of spikes as I do with coffee. But I love coffee and I always will stay loyal to her, so no fear. Um, it It is a season though. This is a season. Um, water 
guys, again, like I'm, I know I'm, I'm hitting this whole nutrition sort of healthy angle pretty hard and I, I don't want anybody turning off and running away because you can't be interested in that. Hate to tell you, but the body is like a system. It's a, it's a system. It's like a system. <laughs> I don't know another way to say it. Your brain and your emotions are connected with your body. They like, you can't separate the two. I once got dysentery when I was a, a, a teenager I think I need to pronounce it properly. Um, I I say dysentery in my in my South African way, but Americans say dysentery, and it's that like that terrible thing that killed you know settlers and stuff, or that 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 computer game people used to play back when computers were new. I don't know what it is, but a lot of Americans like that game, and people would die from dysentery. It's a bad thing, okay, but. Um, and I actually was incredibly sick for a really long time with it. And I will tell you that I did, my brain knew before my body did that I was about, it was about to go down. I had this incredible wave of despair out of nowhere. Just whoosh. This huge, I remember where I was sitting. I still remember just this incredible sense of out of nowhere, out of the blue, despair. And then within an hour or so, it became apparent that I was very, very sick. And uh, your stomach actually has a nervous system of its own. It's very fascinating if you have any time for it. But it really is important that we that we help out the mental system and the emotional system by taking care of the physical system. And water is really important. Um, drink more of it. If you think you're drinking enough, you almost certainly aren't. So drink more. That's always, you know, and, and I could tell you exactly how many ounces you should be having given your weight and, and your activity level and all that stuff. And you're not going to listen to me or follow through. So all I beseech you and I tell all the people I love the most, you know, I love you. You guys, if I've ever told you to drink water, or asked about your well-being in terms of how much water have you had today, you have to know that you mean a lot to me take that okay and if I haven't yet it just it just means I don't know you well enough to love you so don't feel sad but um drink more water whatever it is that you're drinking right now double it okay let's just go with that it will really it I get anxious I, I, my body is programmed to have a lot of water now because I've understood the importance of water so that I get incredibly anxious I get a sense of true anxiety um, agitation irritability when I'm even a little bit dehydrated now and that's because the body knows what it needs and it needs a lot of water to work at optimal um, in its optimal place so the last thing you want to do when you're struggling and your brain and emotions are just going through the ringer because you've got all these crazy hormones being pumped out as if you need to fight and hide or flee or fight or I already said fight, but you know, all those things that do get pumped out when we're triggered, um, it's dealing with a lot of stress. Your body's dealing with a lot of stress. It needs more water to flush that stuff along its way. So don't stress your body by being dehydrated and everybody, almost everybody is at any given time. So have water near you and drink it frequently. Um, go close to water as well. If you can, you know, walk along a beach, lucky you, or be near a lake or be out in nature. Um, so many, so many studies are very convincing about the benefits to mental health um, of being in nature. If it is in the forest, which I go to 
every day, particularly at this time, um, just to reset myself. There are, there's a lot of studies to suggest forest bathing, they call it, has an incredibly powerful effect on your mental health. Just, I could even tell as a young child or a teenager struggling, I just remember once being in such a bad way and then walking to the mailbox to mail a letter and recognizing the connection between being outside and just the sort of the change of scenery, the change of environment, feeling the sun on my face um, made all the difference. It just really does reset our brains. We, we need outside time. It's important and especially so when you're struggling. So work that into your schedule. Maybe take a walk with a friend if that feels right, if that's helpful. If you're like me, um, it can be very helpful to be with a friend, but I tend to gravitate towards being alone and running with music that is very uplifting or encouraging to me or helps me feel more peaceful. Um, I also um, am a big believer in creating some kind of art. Um, and whatever your art is, if it's baking, if it's cooking or grilling, if it's writing, um, if it's painting watercolors, you don't have, nobody has to see this, but the creative um, expression is a very soothing and resetting thing. And creating some form of beauty reminds us of our worth and the fact that we are inherently beautiful creators and we have stuff within us right? So do a sure thing. Don't embark upon something completely necessarily, um, that completely new and unbeknownst to you. Um, if you're feeling very, very vulnerable at the time and because you might not like the, the, the outcome of whatever art you're experimenting, experimenting with, and you don't want to become more down on yourself. You don't want this to be stressful. If it's coloring, th there's a reason why you know, all these adult coloring books, and I mean that in the terms that they're not porn, they're just coloring books designed specifically for adults, like very detailed patterns and mandalas and paisleys and stuff like that. <laughs> this is a reason they're very popular, um, because they are also uh, scientifically proven to be soothing. But any, whatever your art is, if it's cleaning, you know, some people are outstanding organizers and cleaners, and they just find a lot of comfort, and they find that to be very soothing. Do that. Indulge in whatever your sense of creativity is um, is satisfied by. Um, now, I just said don't start something new, okay? But that I meant that in terms of if you're doing something to blow off steam and stress, um, you know, go for a sure thing. That's, you know, the, the whole concept of, of comfort food. But if you, what also has been so helpful to me is to actually rewire this time um, in the present with new memories and new things. And I spoke about how last year I got involved with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and it really carried me through the month of May. I credit it to my survival last May because it was so out of my wheelhouse. It was so out of my comfort zone. But it was also very comfortable. Um, I felt embraced by the people that I was around when I was there. And, um, and while it was really challenging, I felt like it was a second home. I felt, it felt good to me. 
Um, so if you can find a new adventure or you can go on a trip with somebody or just do something really simple like start a new hobby or you know just something that feels safe but is new and present that it is it, you're you're creating new things um you're rewiring your brain to expect new and good things um and slowly replacing the traumas of the past with with wonderful things that are only pertinent to to here and now and many of the things that you're involved with may have threads to the past so they don't work so so bringing in entirely new aspects are um you know that can be a that can be too much of a big ask if you're really thick in it and you're you really are struggling to get out of bed that can be too much to ask um but as you kind of are able to be in a place like I am where you can see this thing coming and be preemptive um it can be tremendously helpful same make plans for the future make really detailed plans for the future during times like this um or begin making them before times like this hit. I have a trip planned at the end of this month that I'm focusing on and looking forward to um, where I'm going to spend time with people that I love very much and make me feel very safe and so happy and, and all the things. And it's just something to cling to, you know? That's something removed from the present, which might be... Um, stressful or you know or even my current environment which might be sort of triggering or stressful um, it's just something to focus on and to look forward to um, I have jotted down a few things that I'm thinking looking to see if I've missed anything um, serve other people only if you can again I once wrote a blog post that I feel like I that really needs to see the light of day again about how when people say, you know, all the things you should say to somebody struggling with depression and saying to somebody, well, get up and forget about yourself and go and serve somebody else. Uh, that is not yours to say to another human being. You don't get to say that to somebody who's suffering from depression because maybe their service to the world at that moment is just staying alive and breathing in and out. Um, and bravo to them, 100% genuine bravo. Um, if you are feeling isolated, though, and you are feeling sort of anxious energy and an extra something, um, if that's if that's kind of how your your depression manifests or whatever, it is helpful to go out and to do something that you, very simple that you know you're good at. You know, maybe you are very good with animals, and maybe it would be nice to go to the humane society and just cuddle some pets for a while or help them with what they need or. You know, maybe you are really good with kids and you could volunteer at, in, on some undemanding level for an hour or two a week and that that, would, that can help. Or maybe you're just a really good writer um, and you could write something that would help somebody about your experiences. Um, there are thousands, trillions. I, don't you love how I jump from thousands to trillions? It just shows you how solid I am with the whole number side of life. But there are trillions of ways to serve people. And that could that could just be smiling at someone. If that feels right to you and you're looking for something like that and it resonates with you, do it. On the other hand, don't ever feel obligated when you're struggling to do anything for anybody. Because right now you need to take care of you. And if it feels wrong... If it feels like too much or in any way burdensome to help somebody else out at this time, then don't. And feel nothing about it. Feel no, 
shame or disappointment in yourself because it is equally worthy to serve yourself. We are all counting on you to be a good friend to yourself. And that is a great service to the world to take the best possible care of yourself. And, it, and you know, that means listening to yourself and, and just doing as very little as possible and just getting a lot of rest. Then that's what you must do. That is what you must do. Now, um, leading into rest, do remember that um, rest is very healing and helpful. And sometimes very profound episodes of PTSD make you um, all the more in need of physical rest. So treat yourself as you would a patient recovering from surgery. I know when my PTSD was at its most profound, I honestly would have to, you know, get up only a few times a day because my energy levels were so bad and I was definitely trying to um, break out of it but this was on my therapist's recommendation like you need to have be having at least three naps a day or you need to be in your bedroom away from people because for me that was restorative and it's not the same for everybody but a lot of um, noise or a lot of stimulation was very trying for me it was very taxing on me um, it is, it, you're mending your mind, you're re, you know, you're dealing with, um, very real physical ramifications. And while those pathways to you in your brain are trying to heal and reset and actually, you know, the brain, your brain scans look different. Your brain is different. The, the shape and size of parts of your brain are different, especially if you have complex PTSD starting in childhood. So while that brain is trying to heal, and trying to restructure itself, of course, you're going to need the type of rest that pregnant people need, you know, the type of rest that, that people with any kind of illness need, because it's an illness. So do not be ashamed of your need for rest. And I was very fortunate that I had the space and the support to, to have a lot of rest. Um, do what you can in terms of getting it, you know, let go of everything possible that you can in terms of getting enough rest. I just can't say enough about rest. Um, good quality rest, though. So make sure that you've got, um, you know, devices put away that there's not blue lights shining from TVs and stuff. And you've got, you know, darkness when you need to sleep so that you can get good quality rest. And sometimes you do need a prescription to break the cycle of bad sleep or nightmares and that sort of thing. So don't be afraid to ask your doctor about th these things. I have um, help with, with sleep from a prescription that's non-habit forming um, that I can use during times like these, and I do, and it's important. And when I try to skip it, I have very, very wretched nights and those follow into the days. So take your rest um, very seriously. I think that's where I'm going to end today because I'm frankly feeling quite tired and drained and um, um, I think I've, I've said more than enough also. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to model self-care by saying um, goodbye now. And I once again thank you f so much for giving me this platform, this opportunity um, and for trusting me when you do reach out and tell me your stories. Um, I'm honored so so sincerely honored by that trust um it means the world to me and i really do value your feedback because it makes me able to be more helpful to you even if it's just you you're worth it i would i would do this podcast just for you so tell me how i can be more helpful 
Um, and thanks again so much for listening and for being you. You're good. You're solid. <laughs> You're going to be fine. It's going to get better, I promise. Um, times may be very hard right now, but life will be beautiful again. Hang in there with me. Take care. Bye-bye.